thanks so much for sharing with us. And that leads so well into some of the things we'll look at tonight. So welcome. Um, glad to see still so many of you here. Uh, some of you must not be country music fans. I like that you said no to what's going on up there to be here tonight. Um, and it's true. I'm not, I'm not gross. Just for some reason, I didn't go to the dentist from sixth grade until I graduated college. I don't know what the problem was. Uh, I only had two cavities, but one was so bad I was just filling it with like the Oragel stuff for like a few months, hoping it would go away until my now wife convinced me I should probably go get that checked out. So I'm thankful for that. Um, yeah. Well, I'm glad to be here with you tonight. Uh, yeah, I'm Jason. I've been on staff here for quite a while, graduated here from OU. Um, I just love my job. I love getting to be here, meeting with you all. I love these campus days, that transition kind of from summer to fall. And I'm looking forward to what we're going to be talking about tonight. We're going to be continuing in our series called New Beginnings. Uh, we've been talking about these, how new experiences, how new environments, and maybe new phases of life can bring up questions in our life, really some deeper questions, even though we might not put words to it, but kind of these questions like, who, who am I? Who do I want to be? Who should I be around? Who should I associate with? What should I do for my future? And we saw week one about how if we're in Christ, we're a brand new creation. We're a new person. He changes us and begins changing us from the inside out. Last week we looked at if we're in Christ, we have a new community. We're a new kind of people with new kind of values, new kinds of ways that we care for one another. And then tonight we're going to look at how if we are in Christ, we have a new future. So I'm excited to look at um, that with you tonight. We're going to be in 2 Corinthians 5. That's where three of the four talks will actually end up being from. So you can begin turning there. But I'm curious, uh, thinking about my summer a little bit, thinking about yours, did anybody go camping this summer? Not like RV camping where you sleep in what seems like a, you know, a house, but like an actual in a tent kind of camping. All right, nice. My family and I, growing up, almost every summer, we would go camping. There'd be like a long weekend or a week, we'd go to this campground up near Lake Erie. We'd pack our bags, uh, we'd kind of pile into our van, we'd set up a tent there. And there, some of my favorite memories are from camping growing up next to that tent. I can still, like at times I can still smell the fire a little bit from those times. I can think about the laughter our family had, getting to sit under the stars, but I also started to remember some of the not-so-great things about camping in a tent. You know, in the middle of the night, hearing scratches around the tent, and you pop your head out, and you're like, wow, there's a skunk, or there's a raccoon eating through our food, right? I don't know if that's happened to you. Um, there's those moments where it's just really, really hot and humid, and there's no air conditioning. At least there wasn't in our tent. I don't know if you somehow managed to pull that off for yours. That just bloodthirsty mosquito that you can't get out of there. The worst for us, though, was just the rain. No matter what we did, no matter how prepared we felt we were, tarps underneath the tent, tarps on the side of the tent, over it, whatever, no matter what, when it rained, we would just find it leaking in. I can remember moments where we'd have all of our sleeping bags and clothes kind of piled up in the middle of our tent, probably like at 4 a.m. in the morning, and just sitting on it kind of like a mountain, waiting for the waters to recede for the morning to figure out what we were going to do as a family. But I wouldn't trade those memories. I loved getting to do that camping. I loved getting to be in the tent. But the tent is great when it's temporary. 
But it'd be a big mistake to make that tent your home. It'd be a big mistake to confuse a tent for your home. What's interesting is this is exactly the message that God is trying to get across to you and I in the book of 2 Corinthians. We turn to the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 5. God is saying that you and I, on this earth, we're living in a tent. That's the picture God uses. And that this tent can be great. This time on earth can be great, but it's temporary. But God has made for us an eternal home for all who are in Christ. He's created for us a new kind of future where we get to be with him. And one of the biggest mistakes we could make would be to live for the tent. One of the biggest mistakes we can make would be to live for this time on earth. See, you and I, because God has created for us a new future, should not live for this temporary time in this world. So open up with me to 2 Corinthians 5. 2 Corinthians 5, uh, pulled up here. So the author Paul has just been talking about all these hard things he's been going through in life. Maggie referred to some hard things that we go through in life, that it's not always easy. And actually, if you were to read back of all the things that Paul went through, they're way worse than most of us have gone through. Incredible pain, suffering, afflictions, just from living in the world, but also from uh, walking with Christ. But he gives some perspective, the things that help him live in this world. He says in chapter 5, We know, for we know, that if the tent, that is our earthly home, is destroyed, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. For in this tent we groan, longing to put on our heavenly dwelling. If indeed by putting it on we may not be found naked, for while we are still in this tent, we groan, being burdened. Not that we would be unclothed, but that we'd be further clothed, so that what is mortal may be swallowed up by life. He who has prepared us for this very thing is God, who has given us the Spirit as a guarantee. So we're going to spend a little bit of time looking at this passage. He uses that analogy, which seems so helpful, of a tent. It's not permanent. It has flaws. If you were to leave it up, it would fall apart over time. It's not to be a home. But Paul's reassuring us, and God is reassuring us, that there's an eternal home for you and I. He's just reinforcing the historic biblical belief that for those who are in Jesus, we have an eternity with Christ. And actually, it's an eternity in heaven with God where you and I are resurrected. We have a new kind of being, but we have a new kind of body where we get to be with him. That when you and I, when we had passed from this world, we're not just dead in the ground. And I know we don't like to talk about things like death. I, just, I read something recently where more people think about death on a regular basis than they have maybe in the past 50, 60 years, but less people talk about death. That we're thinking about it, but we don't want to talk about it. We don't want to grapple with these realities. But here, 
God is, God is revealing things to us where we have a future. We're not just in the ground. There's not a nothingness after you and I die. There's not even reincarnation. There's not a purgatory. There is eternal life with Christ. And what's interesting is we see this all throughout the scriptures. Like almost anywhere, any letter in the New Testament you would look at, it's talking about what's true of us after our time here on earth. It's like we have to be reminded over and over and over. And we have to think, why do we need reminded? It's because we forget. Because we don't live for our eternal home. But for Paul and for us, we have to know what our new future is to be able to live here on earth the way God would want us to live. So we see a few of those analogies here in chapter 5. He says that we have a tent, which is our lives here on earth. And if it's destroyed, we have an eternal home in heaven, which is that resurrection life with Christ. But here's what's interesting when I look through this passage. It says, while we're in this tent, so while you and I are here on this earth, it says we groan, longing to put on our heavenly dwelling. See, because we have a new future, we shouldn't live for this world. Instead, what's fascinating is if we're a follower of Christ, we should have this deep internal groaning. And you know what a, a groan, you think about if you've suffered some sort of pain and you have to push through it. Like if any of you have maybe like severely sprained your ankle, but then you got to get the rest of the way, you got to get to the sideline, you got to get to your car. It's that noise that comes out from inside of you when you have that pain. Maybe some of you have had something pretty terrible happen to you. And it's that kind of just guttural, instinctive noise that comes out of you. That groan is pain being pushed through. And I think that's what we see here in the scriptures. As, as believers and followers of Christ, we should actually have something inside of us that feels pain in this world, that reminds us we're not meant to live here forever. I was actually uh, reminded of some of that this week. Um, I'll share about that. But I was like a pastor, Charles Spurgeon. He says there's three things that really cause us, for followers of Christ, to groan in this world. And the first, he said, is just this longing for rest. I mean, have any of you ever felt just not sleepy tired, but just worn out tired? Just, gosh, I'm just done. I just want to be done. And it's not that you're longing to die. It's just, I just wish I could be over with this. It's almost like you can't put words to what it is, but you just wish whatever it was that was making you tired would be done with, right? For some of you, it might be some of those new beginnings that you've had. Maybe it's a new stage of life coming out of this summer that some things have gone on that just made you kind of, it's made life tiring. Um, maybe you just, it's reading some things in the news and you're like, gosh, I just, you just groan. You read some hard things and it's just like, oh, I just wish this was done. <laughs> uh, this week I just had a, had a few moments I was reading through some old notes for some trainings that I was going to do, and I kind of, it was like something where I took notes each week about what I did, and I saw one week I didn't have notes of the training. 
and it just said on my notes, training canceled, mom's funeral. It was from six years ago, my mom passed away from cancer. And here I was this week just preparing for a Wednesday morning training, or Tuesday morning training. It's like, just those moments where it's like, out of nowhere, (laughs) just mom's funeral. I was like, man, that just hurts, right? I'm just tired. (laughs) And in fact, there was a girl uh, that was involved with crew a number of years ago that my wife met with all the time. My wife's on staff. She spoke here last week. She met with this uh, student all the time. Uh, got to see her really, this, this girl, grow so much in her relationship with the Lord. She would come over to our house for meals. I can just picture my wife laughing and crying with Rebecca. Uh, she's graduated, married her husband, Jared. They have three kids. And just this week, Rebecca, she died almost out of nowhere, leaving behind her husband and three kids. And it's like, we knew her. Like, she was in our life. We knew her as staff, we knew her as friends, and now it's like, what does he do? He's got three kids. But it's just those moments where you're like, you just groan. Life here is hard. And it's okay. What we're looking at here in this passage is how you and I deal with that. Because sometimes what people want to do is they want to ignore the pain from this world. They want to say, no, it's actually not that big of a deal. That's not how we, as followers of Christ, deal with it. What we also don't do is we don't medicate ourselves either with other things that help us out. And I don't, I don't mean like actual medication, but I mean the things that we run to to say, that just, this just helps me to ignore what happened. We don't run and hide ourselves. Instead, we're reminded that this place is just a tent but we have an eternal home where there's no more pain, no more suffering, where we get to be with Jesus forever. That's how you and I get to live. The second thing that uh, this pastor, Charles Spurgeon, would share is he said, our sin makes us groan. That you and I, if we're following Jesus, we're just going to have moments in our lives where we feel frustrated with ourselves where we look inside and we're like, why can't I just be done with this crap in my life? Why do I keep thinking these thoughts? Why do I keep feeling these things? Why do I keep running to the wrong places? Certainly we hope to see growth in our life if we're following Jesus, but there should be, and it's healthy for you to have moments where you just sit and you say, God, I'm just done. And you just groan. You just say, I'm, I just cannot wait to be done with all this. And it's not escape. But here, this passage reminds us that we will have an eternity with Christ where one day we will wake up, every one of us who follows Jesus, and you will never, ever sin again. And not only will you never sin again, you will never have a moment where you want to do something that would lead you away from God. Imagine how freeing that is going to feel. We will be in the presence of Christ, and we will never think a bad thought. We will never have a wrong intention. We will never treat anybody badly. We will never feel envy, jealousy. We'll never feel guilt. We will be utterly free from those things. And that's what this passage is talking about. 
It's saying we groan in this tent because we want to put on our heavenly dwelling. Paul says, I don't want to be naked. I don't want to just be like gone with life. I don't want to just be done with life. I don't want to just be rid of the bad things. I want good to be put over what I have right now. I want all these things to be swallowed up by eternal life where I get to be fully the way that God created me to be. And one day that will be true of us who are in Jesus. That one day you will be who God made you to be fully realized, full of joy, without sin, rejoicing in Christ forever. And it's okay to groan sometimes because of your sin. The third thing that comes to mind is we sometimes groan because we just long for fellowship with God. And I love thinking about this. There should be moments in your relationship with Jesus where you so wish you could be closer to God that you almost just groan and you just say, oh, God, I just wish I could be with you now. We see this all throughout the scriptures, examples of men and women that wish they could just go and be with the Lord, but they know that God has things for them to do here in this earthly life. But we should still long to be with God. I think along, Charles Spurgeon also had a quote. He said, you and I, if we're followers of Jesus, we should be the happiest people on this earth, but we should not be happy because of this earth. That it's because we see into the future and have a new future that we can live with this incredible hope. So I wonder for you, when you think through those three categories, which of those just has maybe made you groan? Is it just the weariness sometimes of walking in this world? It's okay. Scripture says at times this life will feel like a burden. It'll be tiring. But it reminds you that this is not your home. This is just a tent. Has it been your sin this week where you're like, just, I can't get rid of it, or it just it keeps coming back, or I feel, keep being tempted by it. It's okay to come to God and say, God, I just want this to be over. Because it's actually somehow looking forward to what's going to be true that will begin to change us now. Or is it just that longing to be deeper in your walk with the Lord? See, we need, to be, we, we need some of that groaning, because if not, you and I can get pretty comfortable here. I don't know if any of you are Parks and Recs fans, but if you could, might be like Tom, trying to make that tent into his home, right? We try to do all these things to convince ourselves that we can have the right kind of life here. We should have a good life here, but it should never be completely comfortable. God, I think, actually has some things happen in our life to remind us that this is temporary, not permanent. So what do we do? In light of this, in light of knowing we have a future with Christ, resurrected, fully with him, what do we do? Well, there's three quick things that I'm going to run through. They actually would come if you were to keep reading in the next five verses. But the first thing is one, it says, you and I, if we follow Christ and we have this new future, we should have courage. This means we should not fear death. It means that actually, if you're afraid to die, you shouldn't be because you will be with Jesus for all eternity. You should not fear death. But you also shouldn't fear all those little things that feel like death. It means when you have to make decisions this week that feel really hard to follow Jesus, and it feels a little bit like death, that you're willing to make those. When you're going to disappoint a friend because you won't do the things they want you to do because you're following Christ, 
you can have good courage because you have a future and you're living in light of that future. When you have hard decisions to make, you can have good courage because you know what's to come. You're living for your eternal home. The second thing that scripture talks about is you and I, we have to live by faith and not by sight. So I'll throw these up there. Um, We have to live trusting in the things we can't see. We have to know that these things are true. And not just in a theoretical sense. You can't just say, yeah, 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 I grew up. I believe that the scripture's true. I believe I'll go to heaven. There's something, or like all Christians go to heaven or something like that. It needs to be something personal and intimate. There needs to be a way you grab onto that and say, I, imagine yourself that this is actually going to happen. And the third thing scripture says is in light of this new future where we get to be with Jesus for all eternity, we live a life pleasing to the Lord. We don't live just for pleasure in this world, just to make this tent a better place to be. We live with our eyes up, looking forward to who Jesus is, saying, Jesus, I want to live for you. I want to please you, because that will actually carry on. So many things we do here will not go with us. We can't take our earnings with us. We can't take our house. We can't take our car. We can't, there's so many things we can't take with us, but walking with Jesus will carry on for all eternity. And so, for you, which of these three things, a life of hope, what do you need to grab onto? This week saying, in light of my new future, of what's going to be true of me, which of these do I grab a hold of? So let me pray for us, and then we'll worship. <clears throat> Lord, we pray that in light of eternity, in light of who you've made us, and that in Christ we have a new future with a new hope, Lord, I pray that we be men and women that allow ourselves to groan the things that, that are temporary and are passing, but Lord, that you'd also give us great comfort and courage for what's true in our future. Lord, will we live to please you, a life full of faith and a life full of courage, and pray this in the name of Christ. Amen. Thanks to our listeners for tuning into this episode of the 180 Podcast, a production of Crew in Southeast Ohio. If you enjoyed this episode, please give it a like, a share, or leave an encouraging comment, and that will go a long way toward helping others hear about the podcast. The podcast isn't the only thing that we do. Whether you're a student living on campus or if you're still at home studying virtually, we'd encourage you to check us out on social media to hear more about what's going on. You can follow us on Instagram at crew at OU, or to learn more about who we are and what we do, head over to our website, crew at OU.org. We'd encourage you if you visit the site to complete our involvement form to get more connected to all the things that are happening. Thanks for joining us. We look forward to seeing you next Thursday for another episode of the 180 Podcast.